0: Hey, strangers, welcome to another episode of the Strange Sessions. I am Kurt, and with me, as always, is my swarthy co host.
1: Swarthy? I don't even know what swarthy means. I was means say, to say, is that good? You. Did you my, just insult me, Kurt? I don't know.
0: Hang on. I, I don't, I'm not You're even gonna 100%. It. We're going to look this up. You're gonna Krista, by the way. Mail. My co host, Krista.
1: <laughs> right, we had an interesting um, arrival here at the school. We came uh, ready oh, to uh, do our episode. What does uh, it mean?
0: To interrupt. What? If you're listening to this, that means that we could not get to the studio this week to record an episode. This is a filler episode. So this is technically a filler episode. Mm -hmm. We're going to try to maintain our usual high standards of quality, (sighs) but I- But we're
1: discombobulated because we got here and we were locked (laughs) out of our studio. So we had to set up in this classroom next to our studio. And it's very echoey in here, but we're hoping that that doesn't get picked up on the microphones.
0: If it does, it's a filler episode. Too bad. (laughs) It's a little different. Consider this a a strange session's light. Yeah, it's It's, a bonus episode. Yeah, it's not the full-bodied, meaty episode you're used to. It's the reduced fat
1: one. It's the reduced fat. It's the vegan one. (laughs) Swarthy
0: means olive skinned. You're kind of swarthy. Oh, I
1: have an olive complexion. You're
0: kind of swarthy. See, I wasn't insulting you.
1: That's weird. I didn't know that's what that meant. Cool. But
0: we really don't have any housekeeping because God only knows when this episode is going to be aired. Right. Technically, I could be dead when um, this episode is aired. That's not
1: pleasant to think about. No,
0: that isn't pleasant to think about. Hopefully, mm. I'm not. You didn't
1: open that envelope, did you? What envelope? That tells you when you're going to die. Oh no, I didn't. <laughs> okay, good. I burned it. Sweet. After your logical. I hope you listened argument. to the previous episodes. Or that's going to make absolutely gonna, no sense. You have no idea whatsoever. what we're talking about. <laughs> you're yeah, like,
0: we're at, we're recording this in June. Yeah. So
1: It could be November by the time It you could be this. November,
0: it could be January. Who knows? Might not even we ever might re- this never. Might not even, ever release it. It might be like valuable one day as like the lost episode.
1: We might go missing and this will be the clue to what happened to us. That's scary. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I'm okay.
0: so thrown off being in this other room it's and weird. not in our studio.
1: We're like further apart than we usually yeah. are. So kind dark this, in here. We're around
0: this weird table that we couldn't actually figure out how to open <laughs> all the way. So... <laughs>
1: We're making it happen,
0: though. Yeah, we are doing rolling this. We are doing this for you. Rolling with the
1: punches. We <laughs> got Yeah, we we're got good this. at rolling with the punches. And I didn't have to crawl through any ductwork or anything. So. No.
0: no, Considered it, but didn't have did, to. Did. Did. Knew so I'd get stuck. We don't really have any yeah, housekeeping. Yeah, it's hard to do housekeeping because, because we don't, don't know don't when know. this will be out. Yeah. yeah.
1: Let's get the housekeeping.
0: So we are going to go... We're going to first start with a shout out, but to get away from our usual new member shout outs because we don't know again when this is going to air. Right, that'd be weird. I decided to do a historical shout out. And this is a story that I've been fascinated with since I heard about it. Some of you probably already know this. Some of you don't. But I am giving a shout out to Stanislav Petrov, who is Russian. (laughs) What? As you could gather. (laughs) No, really. So some of you may have heard about him, but if not, this is a really fascinating story. And this guy deserves a shout out like crazy. Okay, I'm ready. Early in the morning of September 26th, 1983, 44-year-old Stanislav Petrov was a few hours into his shift as the duty officer at Serpukhov 15, the secret command center outside Moscow where the Soviet military monitored its early warning satellites over the United States. 3 weeks earlier, the Soviets had shot down a Korean Airlines commercial flight after it crossed into Soviet airspace killing all 269 people on board, including an American congressman. President Ronald Reagan declared the Soviet Union a, quote, evil empire. The Soviet leader, Yuri Andropov, was obsessed by fears of an American nuclear attack in retaliation for the downing of the Korean plane. It was easily one of the most tense times in the Russian-American Cold War. Wow. Shortly after midnight, the bunker's computers reported that a Minuteman intercontinental ballistic missile was headed towards the Soviet Union shot from somewhere in the United States. Petrov thought that more than one missile would be launched in the event of a nuclear attack, so he decided that it was most likely a computer malfunction. Then, the computers reported that four more missiles had just been launched from the United States. Soviet Army protocol would have been to immediately order a retaliatory attack. In 2003, Petrov told the BBC's Russian service, quote, the siren howled, but I just sat there for a few seconds staring at the big, backlit red screen with the words launch on it, which then changed to missile strike with near 100% reliability. There was no rule about how long we were allowed to think before we reported a strike, but we knew that every second that we were allowed to think before we reported it, took away from valuable time that the Soviet Union's military and political leadership needed to be informed without delay. All I had to do was reach for the phone to raise the direct line to our top commanders. But instead of doing that, with as many as 100 people in the command center watching him, Petrov called it in as a computer malfunction. Petrov later told the Washington Post, quote, I had a funny feeling in my gut. I didn't want to make a mistake. I made a decision and that was it. Petrov went on to say, 23 minutes later, I realized that nothing had happened. If there had been a real strike, I would have known about it. It was such a relief. In the years since, several high-ranking KGB members have stated that they have no doubt that if a call had been made, the Soviet Union would have retaliated with a nuclear attack on the United States. It later emerged that the false alarm was the result of a satellite mistaking the reflection of the sun's rays off the tops of clouds. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Petrov was never honored by the Soviet authorities for his role in saving the world from thermonuclear conflict. He was, however, reprimanded by authorities for failing to describe the incident correctly in his logbook that night. What? His story did not become known until 1998 when General Yuri Volontesov, the retired commander of Soviet missile defense, published his memoirs. In the following years, he was honored by the Association of World Citizens at the UN headquarters in 2006 as, quote, the man who averted a nuclear war. In 2013, he was awarded the prestigious Dresden Peace Prize. He was also the subject of a 2013 documentary film entitled The Man Who Saved the World.
1: So it's kind of crazy that I've never heard of this it's guy. It's
0: weird. It, yeah, the first time I heard this, I was like literally floored by this. Well, yeah. I'm like, I, I know you know this, but I'm fascinated by Cold War stuff. Number you stations, know, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. like I, I, I don't know if this is controversial or not, but I really like Russia. I like... I like the history of Russia. I like, you know, just everything about Russia. I'm fascinated with hmm. it, and uh, it's just amazing that this one moment
1: could have changed, changed the world.
0: You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was the
1: fate of millions. Yeah, and millions it was basically in the
0: hands of this one guy who didn't do what he was supposed to do. Just followed his gut. He instinct. followed his gut and
1: his and, intuition.
0: You know, who knows what would have happened if he would have called the commanders, right? I mean, like I said, a lot of the people in the KGB said they have no doubt that they would have launched nuclear missiles against the United States.
1: That's crazy. So,
0: on this one night in 1983, everything came down to this one guy making this split second decision.
1: Thanks, dude. So,
0: he, I he died. A, I he, was a youngin'. He so. died a couple of years ago.
1: Okay.
0: He always downplayed it, saying that, you know, if, if, we had launched a nuclear attack it would be a hell of a lot more than 5 missiles mm-hmm. but other people say that if he would have you know cuz they in russia they hammer in, into your head what you're supposed to do and other people in the kgb said if he did what would he was technically supposed to do yeah. he would have automatically called in and started world war 3
1: or anyone else in that position would have done it yeah. you know they would have just so stanislav petrov
0: deserves a shout out from us yeah
1: thanks dude
0: yeah because of you we're still here so thank you. Word. So that's my shout-out for tonight. Sweet. I don't have you any You never shout really outs. heard of that? No, I've no, never heard of it. No, that's a super fascinating story.
1: I feel like that should be in the history books and stuff. Uh, uh,
0: there's a lot it's about amazing it amazing what's not taught in history oh, classes now. I know. I mean, if, if it's not something that we did, you know, chances are you're probably not going to hear about it. Right. And now we're going to do a taste test. We weren't going to do one because it's a filler episode, but I happened to see something at the gas station <laughs> on the way here. So, I just ate a sub, so so, I'm full. <laughs> just ate a sub from Cole. But I'm some gonna way. man
1: up and taste it anyway. But
0: are you ready for tonight?
1: I'm ready. Let's do this. It's a long
0: It is a beef stick. stick it is a crave beef.
1: stick. Who crave? Oh, rosemary
0: okay. lemon turkey oh, with white beans. Oh no.
1: is Crave the same one? No, that was yeah. epic. Yeah. Crave makes really good beef yeah. turkey. It's really tender. But I have and never delicious. heard of rosemary lemon rosemary, turkey lemon, and white turkey bean. With beans. It's sort of like Turkey stick. Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> kind of in a stick. So we're gonna do that. No hormones. I'm excited. Not really. I don't know. I, I like I like the crave product, so I have high hopes. I just had to figure out how to open it. Yeah, how exactly? I'm gonna do the sniff test first. I don't smell any rosemary or beans or turkey. <laughs> open mine. It smells like beef jerky. Seriously?
0: Mm-hmm. Krista's gotta open mine.
1: You gotta do it. You got to pull these, this apart. There you go.
0: Oh, I was doing it the rough manly way, trying to tear <laughs> it in half.
1: <laughs> oh, it does smell like a beef jerky. Yeah, it doesn't smell like turkey or rosemary or beans. Ready? I'm ready. It's much drier. Mm. It has really good flavor, but it's much drier than I was expecting it to be.
0: It's really dry. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> hmm. It's good.
1: Mm-hmm. I actually taste the beans.
0: Mm-hmm. I taste the rosemary. It's actually really good. I like it. I like it too, but I don't like it really dry.
1: So it's gluten-free, no nitrates, no added hormones. Okay, this is
0: actually really good.
1: Turkey raised without antibiotics. Yeah, it's got good flavor.
0: Crave stick, rosemary, lemon, turkey with white beans. Did you I don't taste picture? the
1: lemon either. Oh, no, I didn't. Good call, Kurt. That's
0: what I'm here for. I don't like that it's really dry.
1: Mm-mm.
0: It's like a ham, a turkey, a beef stick. That... I'm
1: chewing, like, right in the microphone. That's got to be super annoying. <laughs> I am, too. Sorry, listeners. Oops. Now I have, like, the whole snap into a Slim gym thing in my head. I'm I to...
0: actually really like that.
1: I do, too. I think it's good.
0: So what do you think out of 10
1: i give it, for flavor, I'd give it like a seven, but for texture, like a five because it's yeah, too dry.
0: Yep. I'm going to give it a seven overall. I think it's good. I just think it's really dry, mm-hmm. but I don't know how much healthier that is than an actual beef
1: stick. That's turkey.
0: So it can't be that Turkey's bad. Turkey's not
1: always healthier, though. No. Because dark meat turkey is probably just as high in fat and cholesterol. It's actually
0: these. really good. It didn't taste anything like I expected it to. Uh-uh.
1: It's very mild.
0: It's really mild. Mm-hmm. Trust me, if it was spicy, I'd be whining about it already.
1: You'd be pouting. No. <laughs> I'm going to finish the whole thing. I did too. Button all.
0: Ew. Sometimes I don't eat the butt mm-hmm. on hamsticks. Like the little...
1: I'm ripping that off. The tail's coming off. Yeah.
0: <laughs> sometimes you got to take the tail off. I
1: want to try more vegan jerky. I was surprisingly for Bridget. good.
0: We'll do it for Bridget. Mm-hmm. Just waiting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is listening to me eat.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was not
1: bad. No, it was good.
0: We've had a couple winners. I kind of want another one. <laughs>
1: hmm. It's got really good aftertaste, too. A lot of times with beef jerky, you have like a film in your mouth or yeah, some kind of this weird... this one has like no, like no, nothing. Good. Cool.
0: All right. All right. You ready for the main topic? Yeah, I'm excited. Like I said, this is... It's another you know, one being I Being a know. filler episode, it's... We, I don't know how long it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be as long as the usual ones, but we'll see. We just wanted to give you guys something... So you could hear us. Mm-hmm. That sounded really egotistical. I don't want, <laughs> want to sound like that, but I know people get upset a little bit when we skip a week if for some reason we can't get together. So we wanted you guys to have something that you could listen to us babble about.
1: I'm just gonna also add that nobody's gonna get mad at us for going over our 15 minute time limit because we're exactly at 15 minutes to starting the topic. So sweet. We're like got this down to an art now. <laughs> we do. Let's talk for another we're good 10 like that. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's our topic? Topic
0: is the Georgia Guidestones. So
1: I've heard the term, but I don't really know anything about it. So I'm excited. I know
0: you said Joe is excited about this one.
1: Yeah, because anything related to the Illuminati, anyway.
0: We're not going way... to dig too deep in the Illuminati because that is a rabbit hole that has tunnels branching out of tunnels, branching out of tunnels. And I want to save that stuff for we when. I want to
1: jump down that hole with Joe.
0: I want to do, I do. That I want to jump really down perverse. that hole with Joe.
1: On a whole whenever Joe.
0: whenever Joe can come on and we do an Illuminati show, I got a feeling that's going to be possibly a two part episode. Could be, could because be because Joe and I tend to get off track. You do in a beautiful, beautiful way.
1: <laughs> As you do, As you I do a do lot of eye rolling.
0: So tonight's topic is the Georgia Guidestones, and Dash actually suggested this today. he did not knowing Dude's psychic <laughs> he is psychic
1: we grew up well, sort of he transplanted into the same tiny little fishing village that I was born and you know raised in, and now was we born in a fishing shanty <laughs> yep, my grandpa did have a shanty though really yes, <laughs> commercial fisherman cool um, and now he's predicting our topics with eerie accuracy it's yeah,
0: just it's just funny that when he suggested that i was literally researching this and i was like whoa
1: yeah that was pretty good
0: so good job pretty Ash. good
1: give me some lottery numbers let's do this all right
0: so here we go no here we go <laughs> <laughs> ready here we go here we go I'm
1: sorry here we go yo here we go yo. so what's 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 the scenario
0: you're yeah, a good singer.
1: That wasn't singing. That was just talking. That was kind of singing. It was rapping. That's it a was rap rapping.
0: song. You were freestyling. I'm a rapper, bro. <laughs> In June of 1979, a man calling himself R.C. Christian or Robert C. Christian approached the Elberton Granite Finishing Company of Georgia about creating a monument on behalf of a quote small group of loyal Americans he said right out that his name was a pseudonym and that no one was to ever know his true identity or the identity of the group that he was representing. Right Christian, off,
1: I'd be like, no, nope.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm suspicious. This, they were super suspicious. Okay. Uh, Christian God, stated so. that the monument would function as a compass, calendar, and clock, and that it must be capable of withstanding catastrophic events, and that the group he represented had been planning the Guidestones for 20 years. Wow. Christian had come to Elberton, the granite capital of the world, because he believed its quarries produced the finest stone on the planet. Joe Fenley of Elberton Granite assumed that Christian was, quote, a nut, and attempted to discourage him by giving him a quote several times higher than any project the company had ever done, explaining that the guidestones would require additional tools and consultants. Christian happily said that money was no object, and he accepted the quote. He provided them with a scale model of the Guidestones and 10 pages of specifications. The five-acre land the Guidestones were to be placed on was apparently purchased by Christian on October 1st, 1979 from farm owner Wayne Mullinex. Mullinex and his children were given lifetime cattle grazing rights on the Guidestones site. Then, this all had to go through the bank there, and Wyatt Martin, president of the Granite City Bank, said that he could not proceed unless he could verify the man's true identity and got some assurance that he could pay for the monument. Eventually, the two negotiated an agreement. Christian would reveal his real name on the condition that Martin promised to serve as his sole intermediary, sign a confidentiality agreement pledging never to disclose the information to another living soul, and agree to destroy all documents and records related to the project when it was finished martin said quote, he said he was going to send the money from several different banks around the country to make sure that it couldn't be traced with the money situation sorted out christian returned to the granite company said goodbye to fenley saying quote, you'll never see me again and walked out the door the granite company began work on the monument and just like christian had stated money began filtering in from dozens of different banks around the country from then on christian communicated solely through martin at the bank A few weeks after the project was started, Christian wrote asking that the ownership of the land and monument be transferred to Elbert County, which still holds it to this day. Martin went on to say, quote, all of Mr. Christian's correspondence came from different cities around the country. He never sent anything from the same place twice. And the two of them actually became friends where if Christian was in town, he would call, Uh, Martin at the bank, and they'd go to have lunch and stuff, so they actually kind of became friends.
1: That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Mysterious, though.
0: The Georgia Guidestones were unveiled on March 22, 1980. A granite tablet placed a few feet from the monument serves as instructions for the Georgia Guidestones. The tablet includes directions for the monument's astronomical features and contains writings such as, quote, the Georgia Guidestones Center Cluster erected March 22, 1980. Let these be guidestones to an age of reason. Author R.C. Christian, a pseudonym, misspelled pseudonym. It ends with an N. It's actually misspelled. It's actually misspelled. Yes. Yeah. Author R.C. Christian, a pseudonym. And then it says, sponsors a small group of Americans who seek the age of reason. And it has the phrase, time capsule placed six feet below this spot on blank to be opened on blank. Like, there was supposed to be a time capsule buried there. It never happened. Hmm. So, that's what it says on the little instructions.
1: I wonder if anyone has secretly buried one there. Uh, People
0: have messed around with the site like all the time. That's what it says on the instructions that are on the little slab. Okay. The design of the monument incorporates four granite slabs, each almost 20 feet tall, arranged in a cluster and topped with a smaller horizontal slab. The monument sits at the highest point in Elbert County. And is oriented to track the sun's east-west migration year-round.
1: So I'm picturing like a little Stonehenge, kind of. Okay. I'll show you.
0: I'll show you a picture in a second. Okay. One of the rocks has a slot cut into it, through the rock that they call the mail slot. On an equinox or solstice, visitors who stand at the west side of the mail slot are positioned to see the sun rise on the horizon. An eye-level hole drilled into the center support stone allows stargazers on the south side to locate Polaris, the north star. And a 7 inch hole drilled through the capstone focuses a sunbeam on the center column, and at noon it pinpoints the day of the year. So that's pretty impressive that it does so how this. how does it do that, though? The One of the stones must have, like, the dates a calendar? on it, okay. the calendar on it, and when the sun goes through that beam or when the sun beams through that hole at noon that is pretty cool yeah it okay. is
1: that takes some pretty precise yeah geometric knowledge
0: each of the four vertical stones are inscribed with 10 guidelines for humanity each side carved in a different language english spanish swahili hindi hebrew arabic chinese and russian and here are the 10 guidelines for humanity okay This first one is one we're gonna talk about because this is the one that everybody freaks out about. The first one is maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Number two, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Number three, unite humanity with a living new language. Number four, rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Number five, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Number six, let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Number seven, avoid petty laws and useless officials. Number eight, balance personal rights with social duties. Number nine, prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. And number 10, my personal favorite, I like this one. Be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature.
1: I feel like these are all just really common.
0: They are, but...
1: Like there's nothing nefarious or they're, weird they're, or, it,
0: People read nefarious things into of course them. They a, do. a lot of people, the first one, a lot of people have a problem billion. with. And the second one, have people have a problem with. Guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity because that kind of gets into eugenics and that kind of eugenics that's is what you read into it eugenics is the science of improving a human population by controlled breeding to increase the occurrence of desirable heritable characteristics and a lot of people read
1: that's what you read into it exactly. uh, what i heard from that was let's be healthy and have a nice diverse exactly
0: and that's the thing is that people are reading different things into these guidelines see
1: joe would read totally different things into these <laughs> guidelines than i would He's super paranoid about this sort of stuff.
0: So those are the 10 guidelines, and there is a lot of stuff about this on the internet. Okay. Feel free to go down that rabbit hole. (laughs) And here are a couple theories about all of this. Okay. Theory number one, and this is a popular one, R.C. Christian was actually billionaire Ted Turner. Hmm. Uh, Ted Turner started CNN. Mm -hmm. He's a billionaire. Uh, Georgia is Ted Turner's area. Okay. You know, he's Southern. Turner has talked in the past about wanting to reduce the world's population by 5 billion people, asking parents to be a one-child family for 100 years. Hmm. And back in the 1990s, Turner was unsatisfied with the original Ten Commandments, and he released his own Ten Voluntary Initiatives as a replacement. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. I did not and know he, that. Uh, Do you want me to read his? Yeah, they're, I want to hear I, it. They I'm sure sound a lot similar. like the stuff that's on the Georgia Guidestones. So these, this is Ted Turner's... Uh, ten Voluntary Initiatives.
1: Ted's Ten
0: Commandments. <laughs> Number one. I promise to have love and respect for the planet Earth and living things thereon, especially my fellow species, humankind. Number two. I promise to treat all persons everywhere with dignity, respect, and friendliness. Number three. I promise to have no more than two children or no more than my nation, than my nation suggests.
1: Okay, Number that's f- an open-ended <laughs> yeah, thing I there. Know.
0: Number four. I promise to use my best efforts to save what is left of our natural world in its untouched state and to restore damaged or destroyed areas where practical. Number five, I pledge to use as little non-renewables resources as possible. Number six, I pledge to use as little toxic chemicals, pesticides, and other poisons as possible and to work for their reduction by others. Number seven, I promise to contribute to those less fortunate than myself, to help them become self-sufficient and enjoy the benefits of a decent life, including clean air and water, adequate food and health care, housing, education, and individual rights. Number eight, I reject the use of force, in particular military force, and back United Nations arbitration of international disputes. Number nine, I support the total elimination of all nuclear, chemical, and biological weapons of mass destruction. At number 10, I support the United Nations and its efforts to collectively improve the conditions of the planet. It's I mean, all very, it's, it's, very... It's similar to what is on the Georgia Guidestones, but I think all of this is just wanting to
1: improve... The planet, The planet and our
0: the human condition and yeah. all of this. But there's a lot of people that think that R.C. Christian was Ted Turner. I think even back you know, in the early 80s when it, when this happened, he was too recognizable that people would have recognized that he was Ted Turner.
1: Right. At you know, the Jane banker Fonda's whoever. husband.
0: People knew him as Jane Fonda's husband. Mm-hmm. So I just think he was too recognizable to be, Yeah. you know, huh. to be Ted Turner. Theory number two, R.C. Christian was actually, okay, I don't know if, how to pronounce this guy's middle name. It's H-I-N-I-E. It looks like Heine.
1: <laughs> just so I'm Heine. assuming,
0: okay, Number two, R.C. Christian was actually Herbert Heine Kirsten. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Herbert Heine. I Herbert love Heine it.
0: Kirsten. Kirsten is a doctor from Fort Dodge, Iowa. Kirsten appears to have expressed support for David Duke, former Grand Wizard of the Knights of the Ku Klux Klan. Oh, great! In a letter written to the oh. South Florida Sun Sentinel, some researchers claim that Kirsten was an outspoken racist who voiced plans to create a measurement to prove that whites, and in particular Northern European whites, were the world's superior race dick move. Kirsten was aided by his friend Robert Merriman, who was publisher of the Fort Dodge Messenger. Merriman is known to have arranged the publication of Common Sense Renewed, a book written by R.C. Christian intended to explain the purpose of the Georgia Guidestones. And this book is kind of weird. The books, you know, reading passages of the book is kind of weird, the ones that R.C. Christian wrote. In R.C. Christian's Age of Reason, even if the state allows you to have children, you will be required to raise them under strict conditions so as to, quote, mold their characters and to develop their potentials as socially worthwhile adults. Because even if you and your spouse are considered good breeding stock, the state might find you temperamentally unsuited for parenthood, in which case your children will be transferred to the care of others capable of nurturing them into well-adjusted adulthood. That's creepy. It's messed up. Yeah. And then he goes on to say, humanity has successfully applied practical genetic principles in developing domesticated plants and animals. It is now within our power to begin the domestication of our own species in a parallel fashion. And that's weird. I mean, that's basically, that's eugenics. That's basically going down the Nazi route.
1: Yeah, right. You know, and that's exactly what it is. Purification. And a lot
0: of people were freaked out by his book. Well, yeah. Kirsten was also friends with William Shockley, the Nobel Prize-winning physicist who co-invented the transistor. Shockley also became known for his claims that blacks are genetically inferior to whites, and he espoused financial rewards to encourage voluntary sterilization for people having IQs below 100 in order to prevent low-intelligence people from breeding. Yeah. So that's kind of messed up.
1: I feel like low and people with low intelligence can give birth to people with high IQ. Exactly,
0: so. exactly. But a lot of people think that this uh, Herbert dick Herbert, move. Yeah, Herbert Kirsten. <laughs> they think a lot of people suspect that he was actually RC Christian. But I don't really see that. I mean, the only th- I see the guide reproduction wisely improving fitness and diversity. I can see where people mm-hmm. would read eugenics into that, I but I, could, I also I see what you said. I also see, you know, it's just like kind of an open-ended statement where you can read whatever you want, and I don't see anything about racism or... No,
1: diversity to me is the opposite or of... Or any of
0: that stuff in there. Right. You know, so I, I'm kind of not going for that one either. And now we get to number three, the Guidestones are Satanic. This is a big one. At the unveiling of the monument, a local minister proclaimed that he believed the monument was, quote, for sun worshipers, cult worshipers, and devil worshipers. Some people believe that the monument is to be used in human sacrifices or in sex magic. (laughs) Conspiracy researcher and author Mark Dice has referred to the Guidestones as, quote, the Ten Commandments of the Antichrist, and that it should be smashed into a million pieces and then the rubble used for construction projects. David Reagan, an evangelist in McKinney, Texas, says, quote, The Bible tells us that Satan disguises himself as an angel of light and that his servants disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Isn't it interesting that the man who financed the Georgia Guidestones called himself R.C. Christian? Is that a coincidence or a revelation?
1: Here's the point. Hmm.
0: There are reports that there was a man named Charlie Clamp who sandblasted over 4,000 Four-inch letters into the guidestones. He was the one that etched the the writing into the guidestones, and as he carved the words "quote to an age of reason" into the granite, he says that he heard strange music and disjointed voices. Mm. Not buying it. No. Not buying. I feel saying.
1: like saws make weird noises and yep. they're high pitched and yep. cutting into granite. I don't know.
0: In March of 2015, a commercial drone flyer from the YouTube channel Phenomenal Travel Videos. Captured footage of what seems to be a puddle of blood that recently appeared on top of the monument. Some claim it could be anything from a bird dropping its prey, a tossed bucket of red paint, to a blood sacrifice, which relates to an event like a recent solstice. A lot of people are particularly concerned by the instructions that instruct survivors to unite the world with one common language and essentially bring the globe together under a one world government, an act which they believe to be the work of Satan himself. Or, theory number four, the Guidestones were put up by the Illuminati slash New World Order slash Freemasons. This mm. is for you, Joe.
1: Yeah, and that that does tie into the whole one powerful entity. Yeah, the one, one, one government,
0: yeah. one world government. Uh, we'll get into this a lot more when we have an episode on the Illuminati, because yeah. like I said, that's there's layers upon layers yeah. of stuff there. So we'll get more into that when we have Joe here to discuss this. Uh, But most of this theory comes from the first guideline about keeping humanity below 500 million. A lot of the Illuminati stuff boils down to the fact that they want to greatly diminish the world's population to rule it easier with a one-world government. Many Illuminati theorists believe that the monument encodes the dates when the New World Order slash Illuminati will begin what they call the Great Culling, where they will kill off billions of people.
1: Okay, so what is the number, 500 million or 500 billion? 500
0: million. And right now we stand around around 7 billion people on the planet, I Mm -hmm. believe.
1: I feel like 500 million is still a boatload of people. Yeah. How do you you call that easily to control? In order to kill off 7 billion people, to get down to 500 million people. That's a lot of people to kill. That's a lot of
0: people to kill off. And one of the theories with the, the Illuminati stuff is that they are planning something called a great culling where, they are, where they're going to massively kill off a ton of people. Hmm. Um, Alex Jones' film Endgame, Blueprint for Global Enslavement, proposes that the Guidestones are a harbinger of self-appointed elites who intend on exterminating most of the world's population. According to Mark Dice... The elite are planning to develop successful life extension technology in the next few decades that will nearly stop the aging process. Dice goes on to say, and they fear that with the current population of Earth so high, the masses will be using resources that the elite want for themselves. Dice went on to say about the Guidestones, quote, they're also a way for the elite to get a laugh at the expense of the uninformed masses as their agenda, as their agenda stands as clear as day and the zombies don't even notice it. <laughs> and that's a big thing with the Illuminati is that they supposedly have signs, they hide sight. their stuff yeah. everywhere, like on the dollar bill, they hide all their stuff sure. in plain sight and laugh at us because we're so stupid that we don't realize it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people believe that The Guidestones are something by the Illuminati or the New World Order. Okay. We'll get into what I believe is the last theory. All right. Theory number five, the Guidestones were put up by a... And I really like this one. I'm going to go on record as saying that I'm kind of fascinated with this, and I kind of want to do an episode about these guys. Okay. Number five, the Guidestones were put up by a secret society called the Rosicrucians. Rosicrucianism is a secret society of mystics allegedly formed in late medieval Germany devoted to the study of ancient mystical, philosophical, and religious doctrines and concerned with the application of these doctrines to modern life. Rosicrucian teachings are a combination of occultism and other religious beliefs and practices including Hermeticism, Jewish mysticism, and ancient Christian mysticism. The central feature of Rosicrucianism is the belief that its members possess secret wisdom that was handed down to them from ancient times, and they stress reason and harmony with nature. Their name, Rosicrucian, comes from the Latin term for Rose Cross or Rosy Cross. One of their oldest manifestos presents the legend of the founder of Rosicrucianism, a German doctor and mystic philosopher referred to as, quote, father-brother CRC, who is later identified in another manifesto as christian rosencruz or christian rose cross which flips around to rc christian right yeah a lot of people feel that the rosicrucians never actually existed are a hoax are a mass marketing scheme or are a cover for another secret society and I'm, there's the rabbit hole <laughs> yeah i spent a lot of time today looking up stuff about rosicrucians and it's like really really fascinating hmm. but I kind of buy this one. I kind of buy. I I think that the uh, the guy, the, the founder of it, named uh, Christian Rosenkreuz or Rose Cross, and the guy that put this up called RC Christian. I kind of think that's a little too big of a coincidence. Yeah, that but that's is just pretty. Me.
1: I buy it. I and can especially
0: buy it. that the the Rosicrucians, you know, one of their biggest beliefs is reason, mm-hmm. and that's basically what the whole Georgia Guidestones are about is reason. And number five, and this is the one that I buy and is just obvious, I think, is that the guide stones were put up by some group of people in case that the human race is wiped out. And when the when the stones were put up, it was the height of the Cold War. And, you know, I was, when this went up, I was like 13 or whatever, and people that are younger, much younger than I am, have no idea what it was like growing up, during that part of the Cold War where you literally didn't know if you were going to be in a nuclear attack.
1: Yeah, what year was that?
0: 83 is when this went up. And people back then, you know, you had bomb shelters, you had all this (laughs) stuff that people were legitimately Mm -hmm. frightened by the prospect that we were going to be in a nuclear war.
1: I have no recollection of that. Oh, I do.
0: I mean, that was, it's a weird time that you really can't explain to to people that Mm -hmm. weren't there through it. A well-known researcher by the name of Jay Wiedner believes this monument represents an ancient belief that the Earth goes through a major cataclysm every 13,000 years. He believes the astronomical features of this monument could possibly indicate when the next one will occur and that the monument is supposed to serve as guidestones of instructions for humanity's survivors. And I think that that's what... That makes sense. I think that's what the purpose of the the guidestones is. is, I think where people are reading that first, you know, the first one as being kill off people so that we get down to 500 million
1: we might be starting with i think much less what, than what
0: that. this what this is for is when there's a small group of survivors from some kind of cataclysmic event for them to read this and from them to go from this and stop at 500 million yeah i don't think there's anything Nobody's about no out. i don't think there's anything about wiping out a huge percentage of the earth's population i think this the guidestones are there to guide a group of survivors in some sort of nuclear attack.
1: That makes perfect sense. I think actually. that's all it Especially is. Especially dur- if it came about during the Cold War, like but, you said. Yeah.
0: I I honestly believe that what it is is a combination of the last two um Yeah. you know, it was the Rosicrucians. Theories. I really think it was a Rosicrucian or a Rosicrucian-based group that put this up mm-hmm. wanting to stress reason and you know, all this stuff to a group of survivors in order for the group of survivors to start civilization over. I think that's what it was. And mm-hmm. I think people are reading way too much into the eugenics, into the right culling, you know, the Illuminati. culling of, of society. Right. I don't think it's Illuminati. I don't think it's eugenics. I think it's just simply a group of people, possibly Rosicrucians, that put this up in order to guide survivors. That's all I think it is.
1: Finally, we have a theory that makes perfect sense. Exactly. And is it isn't totally exactly. far-fetched. <laughs> uh,
0: but then there's other ones that a lot of people think that this is situated above a stargate under the ground, <laughs> oh, that boy. it is a UFO landing site sure, because sure. it makes an X from the sky. Okay. <laughs> not like there's not a million things that make an right, X from the sky. yeah. And that it's situated on ley lines, which we talked about uh, mm-hmm. when Rhonda was here, ley lines, lines of power that going around the Earth. And that one I kind of could see. Is it? But I believe it is. I kind of looked at a map, and I believe it is. But as far as a Stargate being under it, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, In 2009, a 6x6x6 cube of granite was stolen from the top corner of one of the stones. Four years later, in 2013, a man named William Ellis was apprehended in the middle of the night while attempting to put the cube back onto the monument. He later explained that he removed the stone for, quote, personal esoteric and numerological reasons and that he decided to return it because he didn't want that weight anymore.
1: Literally, it was probably (laughs) super heavy.
0: The original cube was recovered by Elberton Granite, which is still in charge of maintaining the monument, and they confirmed that they're still in possession of the original cube, but the company has not decided what to do with it at that point. Then, in summer of 2014, a new cube suddenly appeared in the hole, featuring numbers and letters carved into its faces. The faces included M.M., J-A-M, sixteen eight twenty and 14. Literally thousands of theories sprang up online using numerology and other esoteric disciplines to draw links between the guidestones and all sorts of things, including the Antichrist, the end of the world, the Simpsons, <laughs> warnings from time travelers, the children's book Curious George, the September 11th attacks, and the outbreak of Ebola. I mean, you can look online and you're going to find websites of... People people doing numerology, talking about how it's discussing 2014, the world ending, Mm -hmm. and they have diagrams of what the numbers and letters mean, and there's tons of YouTube videos about what these numbers and letters mean. Then a man named Michael Massanelli... Made a video confessing that he was the one responsible. He placed the cube there to commemorate his marriage to Jennifer Massonelli on August sixteenth,
1: two thousand fourteen. J. M. So
0: that's all it was. Was this guy put that up there to oh commemorate God. his marriage? And it just shows you it, it sh- what, what people, people will do. What people that believe. Oh, we I we gotta mean, find people the were, meaning. Yeah. People were just doing unbelievable mathematical finagling to and say what an these anniversary. were and it was just this guy putting this cube in there because he was that's romantic of, this, of his upcoming marriage so he, like you said an example of the like mental hysteria, acrobatics you know? that somebody yeah. will go through Jeez. when they're convinced that they're right right in 2008 the guide stones were defaced using polyurethane paint and graffiti comments reading such things as death to the new world order you will not succeed and jesus will beat you <laughs> so since then cameras have been put up of course and that's it that's what I have for the Georgia wow. Guidestones
1: I think there's that's...
0: there's so much I you know and the thing is I'm a conspiracy guy I enjoy
1: mm-hmm.
0: I, I buy into a lot of conspiracies but not everything is a conspiracy no but I buy into a lot of conspiracies that people would think are nuts yeah. I mean some of them I buy into and this it it almost kind of pisses me off a little bit that i think this was put up with really good intentions Mm -hmm. and it became twisted twisted Mm -hmm. and became this evil thing when it wasn't intended to be
1: no i think that the the explanation that you talked about yeah that makes the most sense I,
0: i really believe that the rosicrucians if they exist are the ones that put this up because i think to me that makes the most sense you know they're as far as secret societies or whatever goes, they're not like an evil secret society like people think. The Freemasons aren't an evil secret society either, but a lot of people think they are. Sure. But I can see these guys who value reason above everything else putting these guides up that talk about reason and, you know, they're just concerned that with the way humanity was going in the 70s and 80s that we were going to destroy ourselves and that they wanted something that would last through a nuclear attack or some kind of devastating attack that you know, a group of four or five people survive that they can go off of these and rebuild the population. So something that I feel was good, you know, was intended to be something good, just right. turn into being defaced about Satanism and, you know, New World Order and all that stuff.
1: Well, and that cube, the mysterious cube at the end, that's yeah. such a perfect <laughs> example of what our society does. Yeah, you
0: know? yeah, they read what they want. They find a way to... Fit what they exactly. believe into some kind of totally. You know, they find a way to to, to twist fit a, it into yeah, to fit to fit their... a square peg into a round hole. Totally, home, yeah. And they're convinced that they're right when it turns out. But then there's people that say that this Michael Massanelli was a shill, that he was saying this in order to get people off the track of the <laughs> New World Order <laughs> of Illuminati. Well, of course. So no, I'm not buying it. No. I am going on record as saying there is nothing nefarious about, about the georgia guidestones
1: i want to go check it out though i
0: would love to check it out it's on i was looking at like travel sites where they have it on there as attractions and people just write about how cool it is
1: how big are they like tall? 20 feet i think 20 feet oh, tall that's i'll big. show you a
0: picture in a second it, well, uh, there'll be totally a picture like be a, when when we do post this episode i'll put a picture up on the okay on the strangers and on the strange sessions but that's what I got. Sweet. That is a Georgia Guidestones. It is nothing to lose sleep about.
1: No, not no. at all.
0: <laughs> if you're one of the few survivors left in a nuclear attack, go there.
1: Check learn. it out. Write some stuff down. But Take notes. I,
0: I love, you know, like I said, they're all like really good common sense things that people just ended up reading. The wrong thing into.
1: I just feel like they're the laws of humanity that we should all be yeah, following. But anyway. there's so
0: many people that are convinced that that first one uh, about the 500 million is about the new world order. Yeah. About the great culling, the great culling I read was supposed to come in 2010, and then it was going to come in 2012, then 2014, and then 2016. So apparently, the new world order are booked up. Yeah. And they're not. they procrastinators. Not getting, they're not getting around to this culling. <laughs> so.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: So yeah, it is interesting, and you know, it's it That's shows mysterious. up. I it mean... shows up on a lot of like conspiracy slash spooky slash things. But I think there is nothing spooky or conspiratorial no. about this. No, I
1: mean it's mysterious. That's about it. It's
0: mysterious, and you know this RC Christian. Everybody said that they were convinced he was nuts, but then when they actually met the guy, he was like really well dressed, really well spoken, mm-hmm. and people said that when you met him, you liked him. Hmm. I mean, he wasn't some kind of kook, and. He was just the leader of this group that wanted to do this.
1: I would love to know who the other members of the group were.
0: I I do, too. I'm convinced we'll never know. We'll probably never know. I read some accounts that said that that banker still had the correspondence and had all the information, Hmm. but then I also read another account where he said him and somebody else went to a bridge somewhere and dumped it all into the water to destroy it. But if he did, good. I mean, that's what he promised the guy, Mm -hmm. and the guy didn't want to know. Don't think it was Ted Turner. Don't think it was the Heine guy.
1: Mm-mm. Heine.
0: Heine. I don't think it was the <laughs> Heine guy. So there you go. Very nice. Nothing spooky or mysterious about that. No, nope. I could strange. be wrong. Definitely I could strange. be wrong. So if you guys disagree with me, if you do think it's a New World Order. Yeah, or, let us know. Or aliens or the What's Russian. You know, Russian Yeti. You never know.
1: <laughs> totally. <laughs> so, or a theory that we didn't talk about today. Let yeah. us know what you think.
0: Let us know. Um... I think that's all we got. Yeah. Pretty good not bad for a filler episode. Not too bad. You guys got to hear us babble.
1: Right? You're welcome.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. We do this for you because we love we you guys. Do. We do. So we we'll be you. back at some point with a regularly scheduled episode. Yeah,
1: probably next time you tune in.
0: Probably. Hopefully. Until then. Until then. Stay, stay strange. Stay <laughs>
1: This has been an Old School Media production, executive produced by Kirk Konechny. For more information and content, please visit strangesessions.com.